Great hinge reprint, by the way. That's actually fucking huge. We haven't talked about that. That's that's a box stopper, so it's not like going to be in packs or anything. Fuck. Yeah, could you imagine getting a pre-contact with a great hinge? No way. Hasbro would go bankrupt well, if imagine. they started printing cards like that. What if they we put should... like a dockside in a pre-con? They would never. No. Yeah, we should. Uh, we should start. This. this is good content. Who wants to do the intro? Yo, what up, guys? And welcome to the Mock Stars podcast. Just an average Monday with the crew here. I got Chris Ritter. Always here. Evan Kunai. What up? And I'm just kidding, because it ain't an average Monday when we're talking about gosh dang magic. We are talking about two super sick topics today. First off, we have some insane Lord of the Rings spoilers. Uh, this week has been crazy. I think it's what everybody has been talking about on Reddit. And then we're catching up, you know. Uh, even though we're here all the time, we haven't been uh, brewing new stuff or talking about it. So we're coming together. We're talking about what we're thinking, what we're brewing, and it's Magic Monday. So what we're freaking playing. Let's get started. Where do we start? Where do we start? Can we start with a little subtopic? Oh, you know where I, where we start? Hit if me. you'd like to support the show... That's where we freaking start. Be sure to look down below in the description to find our link tree. You can follow all of our accounts there. And uh, if you like this video, be sure to hit that thumbs up, subscribe, and hit the bell for more notifications about the Mock Stars podcast. Hey, do we still have one of those super rare limited edition um, etched foil Mock Stars stickers available? Just 497 left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 we have we have stickers aplenty. Uh, we, we did receive a comment. Thank you so much, Chris, for reaching out. You will get a sticker. Oh, even though we did get a comment. You said you didn't want it. it was, the comment said he didn't want a sticker. <laughs> it was like, we got our first comment in a long time. And we're like, if you comment below, you will get a sticker. And he comments, love you guys. Don't want the sticker. Your ass is getting a sticker, dude. I don't care if that postage is $4. It is coming your way. I'll just bring it home with me. I'll take it home. Priority shipping. Yeah. No worries. I'll take it to him. I will deliver it to you in person. Your ass is getting a sticker. Great, we started there. We started. We did start there. We did. I, started think, there. Uh, I think we talk about these insane freaking spoilers. Do we? T- do we come out swinging? Do we talk about the 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 big elephant in the room that Luca died today in the March of Machines? Well, that wasn't the topic. But oh, subtopic. Luca I mean, died. I mean, there was an elephant in the magic news today. What's that? In the lore news, the elephant from Strixhaven became a planeswalker. That's right. Oh, the, yeah. What's the name? Quintorius. Yeah. Quintorius. Yeah, the uh, yeah. of uh, Lorehold. He was kind of a sick uh, little guy. Yeah, they, with all the artwork they were spoiling from the set, people were like, Quintorius is in this a lot. Like, why is he in like four or five pieces of artwork right now? So, Sweet. Yeah, we're getting lots of stuff, lots of lore, lots of spoilers, tons of shit is happening right now in the magic world. Yeah, and now we'll after this story resolves, which will be two more days from now, from the time this is recorded on 320, uh, the story will be finished and we'll start to get spoilers so you guys can start to look forward to our spoiler episodes which you all seem to love um you'll be spoiled with our yeah you'll yeah we'll spoil you uh but yeah we can move on to the the actual elephant in the room jordan what is it uh we are talking about the one of one serialized soul ring reprinting um if you guys think there are not this is the one ring. The one ring. The serialized the one ring. The one ring, which is a soul ring. 
It's not a soul ring. It's not a soul ring? It's not a soul ring. The one ring is a one ring. Is a one ring. It's yeah. a one ring. The other uh, one ring situation, the other. the other rings of man and elves and dwarves and whatnot are uh, soul rings? Yes, they are. Yep, yep. Ah, uh, yeah, see here. It's the four mana dude. Oh, then why are we even fucking talking about this? Because it's a great card, I think. Because it's going to be worth a lot of money. Uh, (laughs) There you go. There's the nail on the head. It is going to be worth an insane amount of money. Yeah, I guess regardless of what they print, they could print a piece of shit on a piece of paper. As long as it said one of one on it, they would sell it for $100,000. So, yep, I'd love to pull that bad boy. (laughs) Idiotic, but I would. Oh, for sure. I mean, it'd be sick as fuck. And, you know, you'd be pretty well set for a while. This is going to be one of the most sought after pieces of not only magic lore, but also Lord of the Rings collectors will be after this thing like hounds. Because a one of one piece like this, we're already starting to see like, people put bids in on them like there was this guy on facebook who put out a bid for a hundred thousand dollars and that dude fucked up because he set the bar about as low as it's ever gonna go that, that's this, the floor that is yeah. the floor now yeah right. we were talking about the other day just like well you've just given people tons of time before this comes out to gather their funds and now create a better offer yeah and the one thing he was like you can't tell anybody you pulled it or anything else it's literally you you're just gonna sell it to me like that you got to prove that you have it Okay, so I'm not going to lie. I thought it was a soul ring because it looks like a soul ring and there's like eight other soul rings in this set. But let's talk about the one ring because it is actually a pretty gosh dang good card and it's going to be, I think, a commander staple moving forward. I think this goes in a lot of my decks that aren't like trying to be competitive. Like the decks that I'm bringing to like Monday nights. Yeah, for sure. It's it's like a high power uh, casual situation. Yeah, uh, the ability, if you have the ability to untap it, which by the way, I'll read it. I can't read Elvish, so I'm trying to load the other one real quick. (laughs) It is four mana, colorless mana for a legendary artifact that is indestructible. When the one ring enters the battlefield, if you cast it, you gain protection from everything until your next turn. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life for each burden counter on the one ring. Tap it, put a burden counter on the one ring, then draw a card for each burden counter on the one ring. So if you have the ability to untap it and then tap Mm -hmm. it again multiple times in a single turn, uh, it gets even better. But the really cool thing is that even just playing it normally, if you played it out, you tap it, you draw a card, you untap it, you lose one life, you tap it, you draw two cards, you untap it, you lose two life, you tap it, you draw three cards. You're going to draw six cards and only lose three life yeah in the course of three turns it is excellent rate yeah in colorless it's pretty much the best rate there is for drawing uh the fact that you know infinite untaps exist in this world so it's an easy outlet in that regard it just gets insane it's another outlet with uh iso rev mm-hmm. you know like if you're if you're wanting to play yeah you'll combo. get a million counters on it but if you don't even need to see your next turn then you're chilling boom so all you need to do is draw your last card. Lab Man wins yeah. the game for you out here. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I think even just like a, a one untap effect, like you don't not going infinite, is very powerful. Like if you could do it the turn it comes down, that's three cards for four mana in one turn is pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, I you know I play the Osgear deck and I definitely see this going in it. It is legendary, so I can't copy it, but tons of artifact synergies. This is going to be great. I just can't even imagine. Like let's say I made it to the fourth turn, right? I had four burden counters on it. I untap it. I lose four life. And then I tap it and draw five cards. cards. Yeah. It's a lot of cards. It's a, a lot. lot of freaking cards. It's a yeah. lot of cards. This card's really good. So the fact that it's mythic, there's a lot of different vari- like variations in printing already. So uh, I, I, what do you guys think the floor and value for like non-foil standard print is going to be for something like this? Definitely feels like 
people are going to be chasing this for a while. This is going to be like a uh, $30 pre-order, I'm going to say. Oh, 100%. I think it's going to be higher. Really? I could I, see I could see 15, you know, 20 when it comes out like for base. I think it's way higher. Higher? I think it's way way higher. For base? For base. All right, well. A time will tell who's right. Yeah. What's the number? I think we're looking at minimum 40. Ooh. Okay. Hmm. And it's and it's not due to like the lack of it's just that such high demand because of what we just talked about like that power level that level of i don't know uh being able to draw cards that effectively <clears throat> or even over the course of multiple turns i feel like is, is we see it on cards that are more expensive than this you know than than that you know than $40 so like i feel like i feel like it's a risk study in colorless in a way yeah to that similar value Okay. I don't think it's going to be that high, but I do think it'll be super expensive. And I think the yeah. fo- the chase variants will be crazy, crazy. Plus, we all know that the, the boxes of this are going to get bought up like, you know. Everybody's trying to pull that ring now. Yep, exactly. So good luck getting your hands on a collector's booster box. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, you already got one, didn't you? Uh, not a collector's booster box. A bunch of bundles, bunch, you know, some packs, some, some you do all have the starter decks, all the commander hell. stuff. Yeah. You do have a chance to get the one the one of one in your bundles. I do. I do yeah. indeed. In the bundles. And I okay. hope to. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I have a couple, I think three of the uh, collector's bundles and then one of the standard nice. bundles. I, I don't think you can get the collector's bundles anymore uh, on Amazon or anywhere else. Standard bundles, yes. Yeah, you had this pre-order locked in like so long ago. The second they announced it. I like. I, I think in the last episode we were talking about how I just, I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're probably super paying, stoked after all these announcements. Paying off, dude. Yeah, They're clearly it, doing a good job with the set. It, the set could have been dog shit, and I still would have been <laughs> happy that it exists. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and here they are printing, like, you know, five color Tom Bombadil for, yes. for us uh, Tolkien heads. This is you know, such literally a sick l- commander. Looking at it right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it too, because I think, Chris, you said you wanted to build it. And uh, we've talking about saga. We've been talking about sagas and how good they are for a while, and just not really having a, a head of that. There's a lot of enchantress kind of builds where you play around it, but at which point you can just do enchantment and, and do something be way better, one hundred percent. Like an actual goodness pay, like honest to goodness payoff for sagas. It's great. I think Tom is going to be sweet. Yeah, it, I feel like he's a good commander, good five color commander, good, good commander for sagas specifically for what he's printed to do, and then also like lore wise. This, have you guys read the books? Yep, I have, yeah. Okay, uh, you know, uh, Tom Bombadil is just like a silly little fucker who lives in the woods and <laughs> has godlike powers, and that is what this card is. Silly it's, little yep. fucker. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how, like, little bearing he has on the whole story, but mm-hmm. he just, like, everyone has loved him for since the day, yeah. like, since you, when you read the book and you figure out who Tom Bombadil is, he instantly becomes your favorite character mm-hmm. f- for all time. Yeah, he's just mm. this goofy, wacky little dude. Yeah, he could have solved everyone's problems in an instant yes. without <laughs> sweating. And he's just like, nah, <laughs> y'all got this. Yeah, I uh, I think with Tom Bombadil, if you're going to build it, um, Ritter, I'm sure you already got, you've been brainstorming this like crazy. But I really think, uh, for all you listeners out there, the Kamigawa sagas are going to be really, really great with this. Mm. You get double the value from it. The lore counter hitting, that trigger going off, because he notably says, 
When the final chapter ability of a saga you control resolve resolves, reveal cards from the top of your library. So your saga can exile itself, return as a creature, and you still get that Tom Bombadil trigger. So yeah. you actually get a little bit of two for one action there. I mean, there's so many ways you can do it because it is five color. So you can you have the reach to the enchantment interactions. Mm-hmm. You have the reach to the removing counter interactions. You have the reach to the proliferating interactions. You have a reach to uh, you know anything pretty much that you want to do and the spells to protect it imagine like proliferating a bunch of sagas and just getting like four tom triggers all at once yeah Yeah, yeah. plus all the saga abilities too like that's so much value i'm very very excited to see that build it looks like the leak that we were talking about in a episode or ago or two that was was correct like a lot of these cards oh golem yeah, like Gollum and Frodo were mm-hmm. two two cards that whoever had and Aragorn and Arwen, uh, the, all the text that they had had spoiled or leaked was accurate. So uh, it's good to see that you know I guess for that person that they can be considered a reliable source. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, shouting out uh, Frodo, the one white Frodo with uh, black in the text box. It's a new Luris companion viable commander. I don't think it's good past that. I was going to say, go on. But uh, that is a very small list of commanders that meet that criteria. And we have a new one. Uh, and I know there are some people like that like to brew that kind of decks, uh, those kind of decks. And uh, he's not nearly as good as Jensen because that's five colors. But I think it was worth mentioning. <laughs> end of end and, of. And sentence. you mentioned it. It happened. <laughs> you did. You could play Luris with it. You probably shouldn't. There are a couple more like notable cards. I will say uh, Mount Doom has like piqued my interest. I wish it was just red, but it's not. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Definitely some cool lands. Yeah. Uh, great. I mean, yeah. One black, red, tap it. Deal damage to each opponent. That's a outlet for World Gorger Dragon when you're infinite untapping. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. And then uh, Reprieve is a new white card that I think Great is going to see card. competitive play. Return yeah. target spell to its owner's hand. Draw card. We were, yeah, we should we, have talked about this first. We, yeah, we were talking about this a couple of days ago. If you use this with Isochron Scepter, you can just keep... Yeah, yes, dude. Keep, imagine another Isochron Scepter. It's so hot. Target that actually is not bad, mm-hmm. right? It actually does, uh, mo- like it does work. Just solid value. No, it's a sick yeah. card. That's going to go in every every white uh, EDH deck for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to see competitive play for sure in CDH. Um, this but, is like a other eternal format legal set, is it not? Yeah, it is. So, yeah, it's legal and modern. Yeah, so man, this is going to be kind of kooky, right? Like we're already seeing lots of control decks pl- like splashing white or even prioritizing white for how good it's gotten lately. Now it gets this. This is going to be crazy. I mean, the closest thing White had previous to this was like Lapse of Certainty, which is right. way worse. And way three mana. Yeah. Do it. yeah. Yeah. The fact that it replaces itself and to like, like mm-hmm. makes them take a turn off on um, on their casting. Like you just hit a giant CMC yeah. spell. And the flavor. Also text. better than Mana Tithe. Yeah. True. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Way more. The flavor text options. also encapsulates a very beautiful moment in the books uh, when Faramir and Eowyn actually come together. Wow. Yeah, the lore is on point in this mm-hmm. set. Uh, there are some more cards. Uh, there were some more spoilers as far as like what you can get for box toppers and what you can pull out of uh, set boosters as like commander staples or like cards that are commander focused but not necessarily legal in the set. And those include the soul rings that we were talking about at the beginning. Million uh, which, soul ring options. Yeah, the three the three rings for elves. The uh, seven for dwarves and nine for the uh, for men. 
Uh, but they're serialized at 300, 700, and 900. They're doing a great hinge reprint, finally. Yeah, I wish it was a more notable reprint so that this car would be cheaper. Um, I'm glad it is getting a reprint at all. Uh, the Party Tree reskinning. I think their reskin cards are actually really good on here, I will say. Uh, and the Party Tree is pretty freaking sweet. I would not mind having a foil of that. Yeah, the Bridge of Casa Doom, uh, Ensnaring Bridge. Yeah, that's a great rendition. Great card. And the Wasteland. Yeah, the Valley of Golgoroth. Yeah, check out these arts. They are great. They're definitely putting a lot of effort into this set. The art's great. The full art lands with the maps of uh, Middle-earth are great. Oh, beautiful. They're going to look great in Tom Bombadil. Yes. Yes. Dude, I would love that. I want to see what the foils look like on these. Mm -hmm. I bet they're going to be popping. Yeah, this is... I. I'm so jealous that you have so much product pre-ordered for this because it looks awesome. This well, you're going to get awesome. to play it. I'm building a battle box. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah we're going to play the heck out of the set. We're going to draft it, battle box it, build commanders out of it, CDH it, everything. Looking back, now, do you remember maybe like, what, one and a half, two years ago when they announced that Universes Beyond was going to become a more like regular thing in the rotation of cards, and they said, we're also releasing a Lord of the Rings set Get excited. Did they announce mm-hmm. it that far back? Yeah, they said, yeah. along with like Universes Beyond, we're, okay. we're setting up a Lord of the Rings. It was kind of like a uh, draftable it was, set. It was like okay. 40K and that and yes. Lord of the Rings. That's down the pike. And we're you know down the pike now. Yeah, yeah, we're there. And it's kind of crazy to look at it. And Warhammer, I think, overall was a success for them. Mm-hmm. Like those commander decks were highly sought after. The demand was also crazy. Also some great cards in there that have uh, kept value. I was looking at Biotransfer. Totally biotransference and the surge foils like 50 bucks of that yeah. guy and they yeah. haven't like hasn't tarnished the eternal like any of the eternal formats at all there's nothing's really like changed mm-hmm. or like it hasn't disrupted anything hasn't caused any bans to happen um you actually haven't seen anything outside of commander playing that kind of stuff yeah and then uh the lord of the ring stuff now coming up you just you're just like whoa i actually am excited for this and i don't expect it to warp the game or anything like that. The immersion feels really good. It really does. Good. It really does. Yeah. And I'm kind of a hater on these things. And I was not a fan of the universe versus beyond, especially when we were like looking at the walking dead stuff and the, um, I don't know the arcane stuff. I, I wasn't into all that, but this I think is going to be super sick. I think that I'm finding the more I grow as a player, the more immersion is important to me. Hmm. Like, uh, and then we talked about it last on the last episode, but I, I just think about it more and more and more. How immersed am I in this game? So uh, glad they're doing it justice. For with sure. Set. I'm mm-hmm. with that. All right, guys, I think we should uh, move on to the second portion so we can get out of here. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, what are we brewing? What have we been working on? We're not going deep into de- deck text, but we're just kind of chatting. What's uh, a little preview of things that we may go further into? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're testing new yeah. decks. We're always testing new decks, always building, always tweaking. Nothing ever stays the same. Yeah. While we might get busy with other things in our lives, the, the magic like brain never stops. That working. engine's always turning. You're yeah. on the train going to work, dude. You're on your Moxfield list. Just... I'm on Card Kingdom checking prices. hundred percent. hundred percent. Chris, what have you been working on? What are you bringing to the table? Uh, so tonight I'm going to be playing a Yoshimaru Kedris uh, Boros equipment deck oh, with awesome. a uh, sort of Boros sub theme. I mean, not Boros sub theme. Uh, 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 equipment. equipment sub theme. Uh, and I uh, love this. And legendary sub theme. And uh, we're going to see what what happens. It's it's really just 
you know, so Yoshimaru, uh, every time a legendary permanent enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Kedris, whenever a commander you control deals combat damage to a player, it also deals that amount of damage to each other opponent. And so the plan is you drop Yoshimaru, drop Kedris, drop a bunch of other legendaries, and you're just taking bites out of everybody. That's yeah, I love rad. It. Is Kedris two mana? Yep. Man, so you just go one, two, Smooth you curve. got a perfect yep. curve in the command zone. Yep. yep. You just play three and above in your hand. Yeah, and the <laughs> amount of legendary lands you probably have access to there, too. Uh, I'm running like 25 legendary lands, maybe. Hell Something yeah, like that, dude. 20. It's yeah. just anytime a legendary permanent. Legendary yeah, permanent. Like permanent. Yep. Yeah, yeah. She. Yep. That's crazy. Gives you access to a pet card of yours, Jordan. Search for glory. Uh, Shout out. Yeah. Gives you access to Urza's Ruinous Blast, which is Yo, another card. Yes. Um, a little planeswalker package, maybe. Even. Yeah, there's things that care about historic spells and uh, legendaries only, apparently. Yeah, and uh, trying to make make oh, the most man. of that. I yeah. love it. I love it. Um, I I do want to do a whole episode on this. I was thinking about today is just like the creative brewing. Like you know, what kind of limitations do you put on yourself to kind of inspire you know suboptimal card choices that actually lead to a really cool strategy? Mm-hmm. And I love doing like you know two colors is my favorite for this kind of thing, and then picking off colors like Boros, you know, and you know even like not top tier commanders and you're finding like cool strategies where all of a sudden you're gonna have such an aggressive curve you're gonna have your commanders out on one and two almost every single game mm-hmm. and you're gonna be just just chunking people's life totals yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what happens uh because if you look too on edh rec there's not a lot with this pairing yeah i've actually so. never heard of it right yeah my uh my brother if he's listening is probably loving this segment right now okay because he also built the yoshimaru but he did it with mono white with that uncommon horse that says whenever a commander attacks put a plus one plus one counter. okay yeah or whatever mm. so uh this is a little bit different like i'm just starting to think like my brain just starts turning on that like i'm sure you're playing black blade reforge and you're playing oh, like yeah. shadow spear yeah you can play the one ring you can, yeah you know, it's like there's go. lots of great legendary <laughs> yeah. equipment artifacts that's pretty um, good what chromatic ori is for whatever reason a legendary artifact yeah too. so is it yeah okay seven mana but you know if you get there it is a decent uh, way to generate a fuck ton of mana. Yeah, I can just imagine you have a sword of X and Y, and you're like, you swing at that player, and you're just like, you have the protection. Are you running those at all? No, because they're not legendary. Yeah, Hearth they're and not. Home. Hearth and Home might be your best option, but yeah. to not legendary. Tell. But none of them are legendary. Yeah. So what about Umazawajite? That's legendary. It's got it to be. It is. it is. That's in there 100%. for sure, and that's a fun card that hasn't found a home in other decks that I have yet. So it's great that I get to play it in this deck. I think oh, it is yeah. still an underappreciated card i think it just is such a good control piece and a good value piece and the right shell. instant speed yeah i think it's just got to be in the right shell because not every deck supports it properly and that deck i think is one that supports it uniquely well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's one of the only cards in the game that like as far as like equipment goes most of the time when you deal damage or whatever the counters that get placed get put on the creature and so if it becomes unattached then the you know it's it's a useless thing but even if you kill the creature after dealing damage the counters stay on the jite so the jite still has purpose charged up and ready to go it can still you know ping things to death or so satisfying things it's it's really crazy mechanically like mechanically speaking it's really great yeah i think it's an excellent card are there any other other cards you're like super excited about in the deck Um, hot picks no just some like fun legendary creatures that i wouldn't otherwise play you know yeah um elish norn uh, Mother of Machines, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, oh, gosh, 
Of course, yeah, with the Yoshimaru trigger is probably. Oh my yep. god, yeah. I didn't even think about that, bro. <laughs> yeah, the Ozolith is in there. Too. Yeah, yes. yeah, you know, all that sort of stuff. Dude, I'm so excited to see this deck. Hell looking, yeah. looking forward to getting my ass beat right? by this thing. We'll see. I have zero reps with it. So, Boros <laughs> Aggro will win. It'll find oh, a way. That means we have zero reps. Oh, true. True, true. true, 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 true. All right. What are you guys brewing? Yeah, Evan, what are you working on, dude? Um, I'm working on. So, when Jordan and I went to Comic Con, what is that? Two weeks, three two, weeks ago, three weeks ago, three weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, I ran into a god among men, Tyler Jacobson. Uh, he's one of my favorite artists in uh, of all time. So uh, when I ran into him, he had a foil Kumena uh, artist proof. So I had it signed, and I'm building that deck now. Love that. And uh, I just kind of looked into it because it's it's one of those decks that's already been like figured out. People have been playing it forever. There's a few new Merfolk that come out, like Vodalian Hexcat, like Hexcatcher that boost the power of the deck like incredibly so you know i talked about so let me first get into it uh the deck relies on generating a lot of merfolk so you can use kamena's ability to one either tap another merfolk to make kamena unblockable he is a two four uh tap three merfolk draw card or tap five merfolk and put a plus one plus one counter on each merfolk you control so low mage mentor and intruder alarm in that deck basically create you know as long as you can tap because low mage, low mage mentor says whenever you counter an ability, uh, a spell or an ability with uh, whatever, all right, with a spell or ability, you create a one one blue merfolk, and then you can tap seven merfolk to counter target spell. So uh, with intruder alarm, you just tap seven merfolk, counter the spell, create another merfolk, untaps all the creatures, and then you can lock the game down. No spells can be cast. You just need Kamena, intruder alarm, seven merfolk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a big setup. Nine piece combo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Other than it's, that, dude, you are just yeah. going to run the table. What I'm saying is that Vodalian Hexcatchers can sort of like uh, make that go off a little bit easier or a mm-hmm. little bit simpler. If anyone can can make a nine-piece combo work, it's going to be you, Evan. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> we'll get that's classic you. It just, it, like this deck runs a lot of my favorite pieces from uh, Ixalan. When it first came out, I was in love with Deep Root Waters. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and Kamena just came out right, you know, it's from Rivals. So uh, when Deep Root Waters hit, I was like, how many Murfolk can I cast in a turn? Yep. So Deep Root Champion, like... How psyched are you for the uh, return to Ixalan? Oh, um, super stoked. I love yeah. dinosaurs. I just, I want it to happen like so badly and I just don't want it. Uh, I'm so hyped about it. I just don't want to be disappointed by mm. it. So, um, my hopes are high. Definitely. I mean, I feel that I feel that because I'm really hyped for Wilds of Eldraine. Eldraine was my all time love Eldraine. favorite set of all time, and I'm really excited to cycle back to it. I think we should do an episode talking about the sets coming out this year because they are putting out straight gas this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot of stuff I'm excited for, surprisingly. Where, yeah. What other plane are they going back to? Is there a third plane <sighs> that we're returning to? Oh, I got to check out the uh, timeline. Oh, fuck. I, was, I, I feel I'm, like there's one more. No, I, I, well, yeah, there is. I was thinking it might have been like Amonkhet, but they're doing that in March Machines. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's anyway. the other thing with all the March of Machines stuff. We we're like visiting all this stuff. So, like, this is just a great year of throwbacks. But, like, yeah, one of the stories today was about Strixhaven. Yeah. One was about, um, Ikoria, you know. Yeah. So. Capping off a lot of those like storylines, you're finally seeing Omnath get five colors. Uh, anyway, Kumena, we're getting <laughs> Kumena yeah, off topic. 
Um, the deck is really great. Videlian Hexcatcher, Sacrifice of Merfolk, counter target non-creature spell unless its controller pays one. You're already creating a ton of Merfolk. Your deck is full of Merfolk. Uh, you get to play things uh, like Emperor Mihail II. Uh, great says, new Merfolk. Yeah, great new Merfolk. One and two blue. I can't remember his power and toughness, um, but he uh, says that whenever you cast a Merfolk spell, you can pay an additional one and create another Merfolk. And other Merfolk you control get plus one, plus one. So that's that's an effect that just like stretches through the whole deck. Is that Vodalian Hexcatcher says other Merfolk you control get plus one, plus one. You know, it's kind of wild how many of those lords exist mm-hmm. in this uh, tribe. Is that new guy modern legal? He is. Okay, cool. I'm sure he's in every last remaining merfolk deck now yeah merfolk yeah. and goblins are both just they evergreen tribes yeah mm-hmm. it's it really with is. support being printed in every set yeah it's really tough to find good green merfolk so you have to find a way to like make the deck work um with oh. that green support since you're playing both colors yeah there's one i can think of i think it's actually simic so it's not even just green prime speaker zagana I, I'm not even playing that. Okay. Yeah, it's like spicy. I'm I'm trying to like go for value, mm-hmm. and uh, like I get that Zagana like makes gets huge and draws a bunch of cards. Uh, I've opted for Tishana instead, mm. Voice of Thunder. So mm. she enters. Like you dr- draw cards equal to the number of creatures you control, and then her power and toughness is equal to the number of creatures or number of cards in your hand. Why not both? Yeah, I. Boom. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Boom. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm still like tweaking the deck. Got it. You know, I just uh, played a couple rounds just on Moxfield, just playing around with it. A couple other my favorite things going on in the deck is uh, what is it? Realm Walker. Oh yeah, the right? little uh, changeling guy. Yeah, two and a green changeling. Changelings are great. Changelings so are great. I put in Orvar too. Ooh, so, that's actually pretty okay. hot. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, because you like need to that. create you need to create Merfolk, right? And so then there's a little package in there with like Tyvar's uh stand and mm-hmm. stuff like that to like give protection to to my Merfolk and a little to, secret Orvar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there's not a lot of it in there, but it, there is some so that I also put like uh Sapphire Medallion too, so I can just uh oh. maybe copy that and then keep turning keeping things cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Yeah. So the deck overall wants to win either by one, drawing out your entire library and playing another legendary, or not legendary Merfolk, but a very good Merfolk, Thassa's Oracle, um, <laughs> which happens to be in the deck. And with Orvar, you can just keep copying it and whatever. Pretty Got great. It. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then uh, otherwise just beating face. Love it. Yeah. Dope. You're going to have tons of Merfolk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the goal. Love it. Um, one card, if we're pitching cards, Reflections of Lajara. I haven't seen it in a single deck yet. I, I've i looked at it. I would rather, and the thing is, is I'm playing, I have to choose between that or um, Guardian Project, basically, is where, where I'm looking at cutting. Interesting. There's a lot of value. I want to play Back to Basics and some Stacks pieces, too. I just want to see one deck play Reflections of Lajara. I, then you build it. Yeah. No. <laughs> what would you rather play? Because it's the same mana cost. Reflections of Lajara or... Um, Guardian uh, Project? No. The three and two blue enchantment that's got birds on it. No. It's like uh, whenever a creature... You name a creature type, whenever one enters or attacks, you draw a card. Oh, you're talking about the... Oh, Kindred Discovery's Kindred Discovery, yeah. Kindred Discovery's way better. Okay, then which one? <laughs> well, I mean, hear me out. You put both those together, and now Kinder Discovery is twice as good. <laughs> yeah, why don't you just build a different deck, Evan? <laughs> just 
Just build it how I would build it. <laughs> I didn't, there are oftentimes, and I think that just overall in general with the game as it's grown over the years, is that games don't last that long. True. You know, and so... It's a slow card. Yeah. Even if I'm playing against Chris's new deck, um, I don't <laughs> feel like... He's you alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, he would eat me alive, just like me trying to set up a Reflections of Lajara like, <laughs> value engine. I just don't see it happening. I know. And I then just... I have to put Mana Vault, Mana Crypt in the deck. That's how you make those strategies work. And then you always get on my ass about playing you're... Mana Crypt and everything. He puts Mana Crypt in everything. Because I want to make less popular strategies work. I feel it. I feel it. Anything else? No, nah, what are you working on, dude? I'm still working on Inhello. I like, really... Uh... I've been really vibing with Grixis not in a CDH format, and so I can play lots of other cards. You know, I feel like, you, obviously, if you're Grixis in CDH, you have to be greedy and play every single good card, and I would rather play some bad cards that okay. are more fun. What uh, are some bad cards that you're interested in playing? Oh, that is uh, just such a great question. Well, one, I want to start off with my absolute highlight, because in the journey of building on Hello and playing it a few times, I came across my own spicy piece of tech that I think is just absolutely incredible. So Angelo has the casualty two on uh, your first instant or sorcerer each turn. Um, what I found is Narset's reversal gets absolutely fucking busted with casualty two because you can casualty trigger, sack it, and then copy your own Narset's reversal, bouncing it, copying it, and then bouncing their target. So you get to copy your Narset's reversal, putting the original back in your hand, the copy then resolves bouncing their spell, allowing you to copy their spell, bouncing it back to their hand. So you, end result, their spell's back in their hand, your Narset's reversal's in your hand, and you have a copy of their spell on the stack. It is such a spicy little nugget. And if you play Talrand, it just... Re- <laughs> yeah, it just, it just and Yeah, with Magecraft triggers and any any one piece past that point, it just gets fucking stupid, dude. And yeah. it, it sounds like Grixis bullshit. It is 100% Grixis bullshit, and that is my bread and butter. Um, so I'm thoroughly enjoying uh, kind of messing around with that. Uh, the deck is really, really making me realize how good Magecraft is. Like I knew how good Magecraft is. Yeah, there's there's some great combos uh, with Magecraft. You know, the popular ones come out of uh, Professor Onyx or, you know, Witherbloom Apprentice with Jane of Smog or uh, Sedgemore Witch. Right. But uh, there's definitely a lot of other uh, cards printed in Strixhaven with that ability that if you're copying things and storming off, why not? Yeah. It's just like the thing we talk about all the time is like, why do they keep putting once per turn on cards? And then and we see Magecraft. <laughs> when Magecraft came up, they were just like, yep. fuck it, all gas, no <laughs> breaks. Like, this is the card I really want to call out because I've been thinking about it for a while and seeing it happen the other night was great. It's Dika Fractal Theorist. This is a Magecraft with whenever you cast, it's essentially uh, Shark Typhoon Magecraft. So whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, create a zero, zero fractal and put that many plus one plus one counters equal to the mana value. So, I don't know, say you have uh, Enhello plus Narset's Reversal in your hand. Now you're casting it, creating a 2-2, copying it, creating a 2-2, copying their spell, creating a 2-2. So now you are creating three creatures that you can now feed back into Enhello triggers. Yeah, it depends what their spell is, mana cost. Oh, you're right. Fair so, enough. like, it could be It could be bigger. significantly yeah. more. <laughs> and the great thing is... Once you like start stacking triggers uh, on the stack, if you stack, if you have say no creatures to stack to the casualty trigger, you resolve your magecraft trigger first, create the two two while the narset's still on the stack, and then you now have a two two to stack to your casualty trigger. So I just think it's Grixis bullshit. Like there is just so many things I still haven't explored, and like the more I do it, and the more I play around with like interactions on the stack like that, the more I'm just like there's just a whole world ahead of me on this. 
uh, spell twinning is just so strong. Yeah, you're you're like finding time warp and copying it three times. Oh, that was disgusting. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was one time I was just like, all right, we got to end this game. Copy time warp three times. You guys are like, okay. I'm like, cool. Mizzix mastery. I'll copy that four times. Targeting time warp. Yeah, and then you're like, next turn, I'll just put a million fucking mana into a torment to hellfire. Anyone got anything to say about it? Okay. Or uh, uh, exsanguinate, exsanguinate, and yeah. torment of hellfire. I mean, ever since I started playing Magic, those have always just been like the OG finishers when I was around, and I love it. So getting to play torment of hellfire, I even have the torment of hellfire mat. Uh, it's such a one a pet card of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as finishers go, and but like I said, playing more bad cards, I put in. Uh, speaking of the forty k cards, I put in blood for the blood god. Oh hell yeah! It yes. is sick as hell, and I got to copy it the other night. It is an eleven mana instant. It says it costs one less to cast for each creature that died this turn. The effect is discard your hand, then draw eight cards. This spell deals eight damage to each opponent. So copying that is pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> so yeah. uh, deal 16 damage to each opponent, draw 16 cards? Yeah. Well, you, you have to draw eight, discard eight, draw eight, okay. deal 16 to everybody. Got it. Uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. And then, you know, it's Grixis, so I'm using my graveyard. So eight cards in the graveyard ain't half bad. Ooh. Yeah, uh, that's fun. Uh, you know, it sounds like you could use an Underworld Breach. It sounds like you can use an Underworld Breach. You'd be surprised I'm not playing it because I'm trying to keep it yeah. a little... Yeah. I'm trying to keep it on the up and up, if you know. In case you've been uh, in a cave or haven't been playing the game in the last three years, Unroll Breach is the strongest card uh, ever made. Yeah. Let me let me pitch you a card. Hit me. Um, Underworld Breach plus uh, Sleeper Hit Lion's Eye Diamond. Never heard of it. Really? It's reserved list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's pretty dang good. But unfortunately, that's in every other deck I play. So I'm trying yeah, to yeah. make this a deck that doesn't play it. I get, I'm playing stuff like Maestro's Charm, like as many charms that I can fit in this deck. Just fun little things I can copy. I pretty much went through the list and was like, what does two of these look like instead of one? And that's how I built this deck. Okay. One more suggestion. Hit me. Brain Freeze with Dika, Lion's Eye Diamond. And Unroll Breach. Ooh, what about, make why even hot. why even Dika? Why even Dika? <laughs> I'm just you're creating a lot of fractals. Oh man, are you finally breaking Lion's Eye Diamond? I'm breaking we did Dika. It. I'm breaking Ooh. Dika. Dika's broken. Lion's uh, Eye Diamond's broken. Breach is broken. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I uh, I, will, I will say I'm still on this journey of how many fucking creatures do I put in this deck? Because Angelo likes to sack them. But I have a bunch of creatures that recur themselves. I have a bunch of things that are either creatures or not creatures that make creatures. Can you sack tokens? You can sack tokens. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. you know, I'm playing Tolerant Sky Summoner. Uh, again, Dika. I'm playing Poppet Stitcher. He makes two twos. Um, I'm playing Jadar. If you don't have the two two zombie at your end step, you make a two two zombie at your end step. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out how many because I've played several games now where I just have a lot of creatures and no instants or sorceries in my hand. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's not bad to go wide as an alternative strategy sometimes. True, true. Right. It's just like sometimes I just need to draw cards and I just have like a fucking poppet stitcher and some like one other creature in hand. Yeah, we've seen this deck like go off a few times, played against it, and Jordan, you're never someone to like sleep on, so I'm always trying to you know be down your throat almost the whole game when you're playing, especially when you're playing this deck. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, it's got the track record now. I just have throat one black one colorless. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just have one question for you because Dika, Dika, are you playing chain of smog? No chain of smog. No chain of smog. You and I'm not playing. Uh, and I'm not playing Professor Onyx either. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. You got Dika for that. Dika two twos. I 
I see you. I hear you. And like, uh, I ain't listening to you is what you're telling. I just don't want the outlet, like, or the the <laughs> the infinite, I or whatever. I yeah. I think like my goal is just, I would love to copy of Jessica's will four times, make like 32 mana, and like feed it into a twinned. Uh, Torment of Hellfire for 64 damage. That, that sounds that, so sick. That's yeah. what this deck does. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and I'm committed to it. That's a flavor. I love it. Yeah, boy. That's a spicy. All right, y'all. You got anything else? No, nah, we should go play Magic, I guess. I think we should go play the decks we just talked about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I actually don't have mine built yet, so... All right. We should go play uh, two of these decks. I'm going to play Xerus <laughs> and clap, y'all. All righty. Thanks for tuning in the Mock Stars podcast, y'all. Don't forget to like and subscribe down below, and we'll see you next friday okay sticker still up for grabs bye. technically yeah. bye oh yeah, yeah yeah comment get your ass a sticker evan will send it to you yeah all right bye bye bye